everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 62. So as you are listening to this episode, if you are listening to it on time, it is New Year's Eve. So happy New Year's Eve. Tomorrow is 2020, and that's pretty big. Um, I really don't like when people be like, oh... Stop. I don't I don't do, you know, New Year's goals. I don't set intentions. I don't do all that. That's all that's BS and they try to downplay um just the the impact of setting intentions and starting anew. And I understand the whole mindset of, well, every day is a new day. Every day is an opportunity to do better, to be stronger, to walk towards your goals more and that's true but there is something to the new year that makes you feel like wow i have another opportunity a whole year to get my shit together i have a whole year to just work towards that and i think it's powerful when you look at it as this this powerful just map that you could lay out and set for your life and cultivate the life that you want. So please don't let people make you feel bad for setting new year goals and setting intentions for your life. Like, fuck you if if you're not doing that. Not fuck you, but you know what I mean? Like, people just be trying to just down everyone who try to be excited for themselves. Like, let me, can I just do that? Anyway, but new year, same me. I was like, (laughs) ha! After all of that, after all of that, yes, uh, no, 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 new year, and I'm really excited for what God has in store for me, um, I'm excited for what's to come, um, and I, I don't like to get into detail about intentions that I have set for my life, but I know that what I can say, because I do write, I, I journal, I write it down, I think it out, I write it down, I think it out, I write it down. So that's something that I practice daily, not just for um, the new year, but for this new year, I am really setting the course for what's next in my career-wise, let's just say that. Um, I don't want to get into too much detail, but for sure I've been just feeling just a need for a long time now, like, um, of like just transitioning my career into something that is more aligned with my passion and what I love to do on a daily instead of getting stuck in the whole teaching in a classroom setup forever That wasn't ever my long-term period plan. And I think we live in a society when it's okay to transition careers. It's okay to transition um, lifestyle, transition fucking gender. But, you know, but it's okay to just change and not stay stuck in a space where you don't feel fulfilled anymore. And that's okay. Um... But I know it's hard to kind of get out of that mindset of the, you just stick with what you know and stick with what, you know, has been working because you see your parents who 
may have been in the same career, same field for 30 plus years and retired and that's it. As for you, you may have several, several interests, several passions that you would like to tap into, whether that's um, in the creative field in or in accounting or in law, social justice, advocacy, whatever that is for you, I think it's important to look into that and see how can I just step into that field and not stay stuck in what works. And that doesn't mean, you know, just quit your job and be like, fuck it. But it just means look into what moves your heart. Look into the hobbies that you have been doing and see how can you cultivate that into something that is profitable, into something that is fulfilling for you. So... I know for me, I'm just making more strides into that. I'll, I'll, I'll share more when time comes, but I bet just moving forward in my just career aspirations. So I'm excited for what's to come. And I've also learned just throughout my, um, the past two years or year and a half that, that I've been here in Houston, that instead of stressing about the how because I always stress about like how is God going to figure this out like because I can't figure it out God how you gonna do it like and I know that sounds so foolish because it's like okay you're shortchanging God God created this universe he created you he created me he created all that is here and a career transition is what you're worried about of how God could, you know, figure that out. It's already been figured out. So I've been in the space where though my anxiety and my worry and my doubts will try to suffocate me from time to time, I find myself speaking life over myself and saying, no, God has it. He knows what he's doing. It's already done. It's just in due time for me to see what he's doing or what he has already done. And I'm just trusting more. So I think with trust, we feel like, I know a lot of Christians will try to say, well, just trust, just have faith and blah, blah, blah. And it may sound dismissive. And I've always said like, oh, that sounds so dismissive. Like, how can I just have faith when I'm over here, you know, time's wrapping up and I don't know what's next. Um, just have faith. <laughs> no, but it's also like, just, you don't need to know the answers to every question and not every detail needs to be laid out yet. And things will unfold according to how they're supposed to. And everything will be fine. I'm still saying this to myself more and more, but I think about you know, I made this big move and I'm still kind of shocked sometimes. I'll pinch myself and think, wow, I'm really here in Texas by myself and I made this move on my own. I got on a plane from Boston and just flew out here on faith, got a job that I eventually hated, left that job after 11 weeks, got another job that I enjoy um, well, enjoyed, <laughs> there's a reason for the past tense, but the reason for that past tense is 
I know I need to move forward from a classroom setting of teaching. I'm tired of that. So that's why I'm saying enjoyed. But I'm saying all this to say, taking risk is hard still. Even after taking a big risk of moving on my own, it's still scary to take another risk, you know? And I think that sounds so crazy because it's like, well, why, what are you even still afraid of anything for? You just moved all the way to Houston by yourself and you're afraid of something now? Like, what are you afraid of? And that's just a part of, that's part of me being who I am, you know? And what I'm af not afraid of, but what I get a little anxious about is my career and seeing, okay, how can my career be aligned with the passions that I have? And so that's where I'm at right now. And I'm just, I'm excited for what's to come because I know God is already working and he already worked it out. Um, but it's just a little anxious feeling like, okay, I'm not going to be doing, or I've, I've made myself accountable by just kind of aligning my ducks in order and not continuing the same pattern of work that I know I need to get out of. You know, I've been teaching for about seven years now in a classroom setting, whether it's high school, whether it's um, middle school students, I've been teaching for the past seven years and I learned so much from it and I've grown so much from it, whether it's personally and professionally and socially and all of the lees. Um, I know this is not just it for me. Like, I know this is not just, okay, this is it. This is it for the rest of my life. I never wanted to stay stuck in and I say stuck purposely because I don't feel like this is my my set purpose in life. And so it's very courageous of me to really kind of set my ducks in order to move forward to what's next in my career path. Um, so that's where I'm at. So I'm excited for the new year and what's to come. And, you know, what's to come towards the end of the school year. Um, anyway, I want to get into <laughs> saying goodbye to these niggas from the past. Um, I'm saying that purposely in those words, cause that's literally how I set it up prior to, um, me talking about it here. So, from, um, it was two episodes ago on this podcast, on my podcast, when I had, um, Humvee and DB from the Truck Cast show on my podcast, and I shared a snippet of one of the things that they said to me during the show, and DB was just really shedding some wisdom, some gems that I didn't realize I needed in the moment, but it happened so organically that I just knew that it was it was divine. So when he said, because I, I, I was going on about how, you know, I, I pretty much operate in my dating life based off of the niggas in the past. I pretty much continue in my, in my interactions with men, in my romantic, uh, 
adventures with men with the same feelings and hurts and regrets and and just pain from my experience from men in the past. And he, DB, was just saying how pretty much I need to let that shit go. I need to just let that go. I need to do whatever I need to do to truly let that go and get and gain some healing from that. And I knew that's like, duh, like that's obvious, right? That's so obvious. Like, of course I should, right? Of course that's clear. Of course that's the smart and intellectual thing to do. But it's like when he said that, I just, I just stopped talking. Has y'all, has y'all heard? Like I stopped talking. I just listened and I wasn't trying to debate you know, go back and forth with him. No, but you don't understand. I'm really hurt and I have a reason to feel this way. And yes, my feelings are valid. And yes, um, I've been hurt. And yes, it's hard to break out of that hurt and pain, but it's time to say goodbye. It's really time to not allow the pain to move me. Instead, I want to be moved by love. I want to be moved by courage. I want to be moved by positive instead of negative. And so when he said that, I took it upon myself to see, okay, what can I do on my own has an intentional healing practice for me to really move on from those niggas from the past, (laughs) for me to really move on from being stuck in this, this pain cycle that I continue to perpetuate when I'm engaging with new men and I'm allowing the same thing from the past to just kind of concoct my relationships in the present. And it's not fair, right? And that doesn't mean the, like the recent men I've encountered, that doesn't mean that they don't have any faults, right? (laughs) But I also realized there's a pattern. There's a pattern that I'm that I'm experiencing in my dating life. And there is accountability that I could take from that. So the first step that I took upon myself to practice healing and in being intentional about it is I decided to write a letter. I wrote a letter and I'm a writer. I love writing. So that's just something I love to do. And you know, I would encourage anyone to, if you're interested, to do what I did. Um, but writing is just so natural for me, so it might be different for anybody. So maybe prayer, maybe talking to someone and not just to yourself is better, you know, but writing worked for me. So if you're interested in this, definitely hear me out. <laughs> but what I did was, so I have a journal and... I wrote down pretty much goodbye letters to the three men who I've been keeping in my spirit for a long time now, okay? So I wrote down their names and I said two, and I wrote the man's name. And I started off with a goodbye, you know? Pretty much so goodbye to what I thought was going to be forever. Goodbye to the idea of us being together. Goodbye to the idea of us 
rekindling and goodbye to the magic that we had in our kids. Like, you kind of, I, I was just going very poetic, very deep with it, and very introspective because I had to kind of regurgitate all of the thoughts that I had about these men and about what I fantasize about them. I had to write it all down and just say goodbye. Goodbye to this. Goodbye to all of this. Goodbye. I have to let you go. I have to let you go. And I did that three times. So I did it for three different men um, in my life who I experienced and who I've just kept. I kept just fabrics of these men in my spirit, in my spirit. And it sounds so weird out loud, but I would, like, my thoughts about these men and what I've been through with them, I would regurgitate memories with them, and I will look forward to nighttime and think about those memories, and I would imagine one of them in my bed. I know this sounds so crazy, but I'm trying to be so transparent right now. And I'm hoping it's helping somebody. <laughs> but I would literally imagine one of them holding me at night. As if, okay, I know I'm not here in your life. I know we're not really together, but I'm here right now. My spirit's here right now. And so I would invite them and it wasn't like, oh, I'm inviting spirit up. I wasn't doing anything googly, googly, woogly, googly, woogly. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything like that. No. Um, but essentially it was like that, right? I, I wasn't like intentionally saying it out loud, but I was inviting my spirit to allow these spirits to come in. And to fill this void that I thought only could have been filled with these thoughts and these fantasies I've had of those three men. And, whew, it, I got emotional. I was writing down these goodbye letters and I felt like I was literally writing them off. I felt like I was letting them go and... This was truly my goodbye. Like, this was it. You know, close the door, lock the key. And I'm just like, I, I, I can't. How do I? But I knew I needed to do it. Like, I knew I can't, I can't keep on taking these men with me, these, these elements of, these elements from these men with me, has I embarked in this new year when I know this is not healthy, this is not serving me, and this is not allowing me to really experience the love that I want, the romantic love that I want from a man. So as I was writing these goodbye letters, um, you know, I, I sign it off with my name <laughs> and I rip it, I rip the page from my journal and I got my match. I swiped it against the matchbox till the fire got out. And I burned each letter. 
okay? So I burn the edge of each letter until it finally completely burned out and turned into ashes. And I did that three times for these three men who I refused to let go, who I had within my heart, within my mind, within my space, I finally wrote them off. And not just wrote them off, but I burned them off. I released them and I released myself from them. And I know it sounds so woogly woogly. (laughs) But sometimes you gotta do some woogly woogly to get shit off your system. Because you know sometimes we be feeling so heavy. I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm feeling heavy. I just feel like a burden on me. I feel heavy. And it really takes a woogly woogly. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore. But it really takes a moment to really let that go. And whatever practice that you need to do to let something go from you that is not serving you, you have to do it. And I... And as I was saying, I was feeling emotional while doing it because I've grown attached to these men. I've grown attached to these thoughts that I've held and that I've secured. I've grown so attached to them that it was like peeling tape from your face, peeling a Band-Aid from your body and doing it so quickly as if, wait, 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 can, can you just put it right back on? Can you just like, wait, let me just feel it again. Let me just, let me just feel, let me just get this fixed again. Let me just get it. And it, it was just not, at some point you have to say to yourself, enough is enough. Enough is enough is enough is enough. So... I'm glad I did it, although I felt emotional while doing it. It's not an all, though. Like, being emotional is not a bad thing. So, yes, I was feeling emotional while, while writing it out, but I felt a weight lifted. I felt um, just a lightness being restored into my body for some, like, it was interesting. And... Like when I ripped it out of the journal, when I ripped the page out the journal and I burned the letter, it was, it it felt restorative for me. I felt like my peace was restored in that moment. I felt like, okay, this is a step forward. Instead of being stuck in this moment, in this space, in this cycle with these with these feelings, with these thoughts about these men, this is my step forward. And I felt like this was really a step in the right direction. So I call that my goodbye to these niggas letter burn. Okay? So uh, if there's someone in your life, and this goes for anybody, whether it's a friendship, (laughs) you know, y'all know, But whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship, romantic or not, um, and you find yourself still harboring 
um, remnants of that friendship, remnants of that romantic relationship, and you need to let that person go, then this is something that you guys could do and practice and see how it feels. How, How is it for you? And it's also an intentional thing. So prior to me practicing that and doing that, like I said, I would pretty much think about them so heavily that I felt like they were present with me (laughs) and I would like whenever I'm out and a nice R&B song comes on and it just triggers a memory I've had or that I've associated with one of those three men I would allow myself to go down this whirlpool of emotions, whirlpool of thoughts about about them. And it'll just bring me down. But yet I felt addicted to that. So I forgot where I was going. But pretty much, oh yeah. So while I was doing that, I didn't have the nerve to say no to myself. I didn't have the nerve to say, okay, no, this isn't real. This isn't... um, healthy, no, I'm done, this is over, you're not real, this is goodbye. Like, I didn't have the nerve to really speak that. And ever since I wrote those letters and burned those letters, here and there, I will have maybe thoughts that'll try to come up, maybe feelings that'll try to come up. And I would have to tell myself, no, this isn't, I said goodbye to you. No, you're not welcome in my space anymore. You're not welcome in my spirit anymore. I said goodbye. So I feel more courageous to speak that over my life. I feel more excited to say, no, I said goodbye. This is like, so, and I say that to say, Sometimes when we set intentions to really let go of somebody, we'll have these tempters, you know, we'll have moments of temptations when we feel like, well, can we really let go? Should we really let go? Didn't that feel so good when you thought about that person and you just was feeling in that moment of that, whatever moment you want to think about that person. But you have to remind yourself why you had to let that person go, right? And it's oftentimes because they did you wrong, um, the relationship didn't serve you anymore, and that person's not present in your life anymore, you know? I would think about these three men, you know, and two out of three of them, (laughs) I will never see them again. Like, there is no way ever will I run into them, right? Not only because we live in a separate state, But we just don't, there's no odd chance that I'll just bump into that person anymore. So why even allow myself to just create these fantasies about this person when there's no reality of that, you know? So sometimes we get into these spaces where we get stuck in our fantasies and we don't see the reality for what it is. We have to stay focused in what's in front of us. And what's in front of us is not you, nigga. So anyway, that was great. <laughs> I'm so happy I did that. And 
And I'm just happy I did that. You know, I'm happy that I finally spoke up for myself and said, look, mama, we're not doing this anymore. We're not going to go through this anymore. We're going to let this go. <sighs> Let's let it go. Um, and I, of course, it's one of those things, man, I should have did it earlier. I should have just finally, you know, did this practice earlier and shouldn't have taken me so damn long. Why, you know, these niggas really ain't shit. You know, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, it shouldn't have, it's not that serious, right? It's not that serious. But it, we have to, like, I have to understand that, yeah, it, it was. It was that serious at one point in time. And that impact, I felt it. It was heavy. Like, and I've talked about them here and there throughout this podcast. And I, I felt like, like with one of them, I really thought he was it. I really thought he was this soulmate of mine. And I got blindsided. I got the the rug pulled from under me. And he just kind of changed his mind about me. And that crushed me. And although it was just a year of us interacting, knowing each other, and then we had this explosive, magical romantic moment it was enough for me to feel crushed like it was enough for me to feel so just so upset about by it and so you know seeing him move on you know that also hurt too but I also just I still held on to the pieces of him and I just thought to myself this is not helping me at all this is not serving me at all this is not getting me anywhere and I have to let you go and I know it felt good in some moments to remember the good times and to remember the strong and funny interactions that we had but I think about the right now the present and what's been the case he's not in my life he's very well moved on and as he should right and I I don't ever want to be someone who I don't want to be anymore but you know I was that person who was just so upset with someone moving on when it's like no just because I haven't found mine right my person doesn't mean that you're undeserving of finding yours and he has every right to not you know not be with me like he has he had every right to change his mind if he felt like look Maxine is not the one for me I don't want anyone forced to be with me. Um, But although it was hurtful, of course, don't get me wrong, but I just felt like, you know, we all have to be mature when we end things. And there was a lack of maturity there for sure. Um, But, you know, what I'm saying is everything that occurred, you know, I feel like a stranger may look at it like, oh, girl, just you'll be fine, move on, you're fine, da 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 but it's really hard for me to be open with people uh, emotionally, and especially with a man. But, and so when I come across someone who matches my aura, who matches my humor, who gets me excited, and we just match, 
And to think that we were on the same page of us being together and suddenly, oh, never mind. That that was so crushing for me. So it was it was just very hard to let him go. That was the letter I had to really take my time and write it out. I had to write down goodbye to the idea of us. <laughs> goodbye to what could have been. You know, goodbye to what I thought. And so I had to let that go. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. And I wish I did it earlier, of course. But everything happens in in divine timing. So, and I also, who, okay, let's talk about the other nigga who I, I also wrote to. Um, Boston Bay, of course. Because I think with him, there is obviously a lack of emotional connection. And I say obviously for a reason because he wasn't anyone who I felt like, oh, an aching in my body without him being with me. Like, it wasn't like that, you know? But yet there was still an attachment there. And I've, you know, said before how I feel like, you know, maybe my purpose for him is to help save him, is to, you know, show him how to love and he could be that whatever for me. I, I, there wasn't even a, a clarity of what he could be for me, but there was a clarity for me of what I could be for him. And so I guess I was attached to that and I needed to let that go. <laughs> so that's what I ended up writing about when I addressed him in my letter. You know, I'm letting you go, nigga. Letting this savior complex. I'm letting this, this I just this, this mindset of us. I, and when I wrote it down, I I just didn't really understand what I was holding on to with him. Like, what really was the the glue, you know? And it was just honestly just the fam uh the familiarity between us. And just the comfort of, okay, well, he's always coming back. Let me just allow him in that we always had. Even though we didn't have, at least from my point, an emotional connection. He didn't feed me emotionally. But he was there. So <laughs> that's why it lasted as long as it did. And to the last nigga who I wrote to, he was someone who... I met in undergrad, and he was the first person who I felt fit my idea of who I thought my man needed to look like and needed to be on paper. He was pretty established. He was a little older than me, and I thought that was pretty sexy. He was this tall, dark, handsome, just fine-ass man. God damn, he was fine. His lips were plump as fuck. And I think I was just in love with his physique, okay? Nigga had a physique, okay? Spell physique, you see him, nigga. <laughs> and he was the first physique-ass nigga who I was like, whoa, like, who I came across. So I was just so smitten. Yes, smitten. I was just so smitten by him. And... 
I was just so enamored with, oh my gosh, this this fine ass man is into me. Oh my gosh, this has to work. Like, so I was just so stuck in that, in that mindset. And so I I didn't notice in the moment that he didn't have anything else I I wanted, right? He didn't have a sense of humor. He, his his personality was pretty dull. He wasn't engaging. Uh, he didn't really show care or interest in what I had going on in my life. And it was just pretty dull. Like, it was purely physical. Yet, that was enough for me to have him attached to my spirit for as long as he has um, been attached. So, yeah, those are the three men who I wrote to and let the fuck go. And so I'm excited that I did that. And I'm excited for this open heart that I am cultivating and exploring and allowing to be had in this new space. So I definitely encourage you all to do that if you're interested, for sure. And just be as poetic as you can. Literally write it down. No one else is reading it. At least, unless you want someone else to read it. That's okay. But it's really for you. You know, it's really for you to write down all of how you felt about said person. And all of what you thought could have been with said person. And you're literally just saying goodbye to that. Goodbye. Goodbye. And... Burn that shit up. There's something to that burn. I know it's super, uh, you know, magical, but there is something to the element of fire when you see, when you see your words being just, just scribbled out. Now the the coherent words you had on paper is no longer <laughs> because it's being burned up. Like it's being burned right in your face. It's as if push, like all those feelings you had is just gone. All the feelings that you thought was so concrete is just in flames. (laughs) Bitch, tell me why my freaking fire detector definitely went out. (laughs) There wasn't a whole fire, but you know, the fumes, you know, got to it, of course. But I'm like, look, it's gonna happen two more times. My neighbors better be better be okay. <laughs> but I look, here's what I can say. Do it outside, right? Get your get your matchbox, do it outside, and go for it. Take as long as you need to. Um I I was watching a show. I was watching was it uh Four Weddings and a Funeral on Hulu. Such a good show. It's very cute. I like it. Um, the main character, the black girl, I forgot her name. Uh, she's like ambiguous black, but she was letting go of a nigga. Like, look, I can't be with you. I'm just writing this letter to let go of my feelings. And instead of burning it like I did, (laughs) she, she wrote down the letter, she crumpled it up and she threw it into the ocean. So she was over a bridge and she set her intentions before throwing the letter, the crumpled up letter away. She was just like, this is me setting you free or me letting you go. Whatever she said, I forgot verbatim, but she pretty much said those words and threw it into the ocean. And there's something to it. When you're throwing it away, you're letting it go. You're 
putting it out away from you. You're putting in the ocean. You're not going to go into the ocean to grab the letter back. No, it's gone. Um, so there's something to that. But I, the masochist that I am, <laughs> I like to see the fire. I like to see that burn. I like to see the, the, the ripple in the paper. I like to see everything just kind of torn into pieces and just ashes. Like, woo, there goes that letter. What letter? The letter's burned. <laughs> it's gone. Okay, so that felt great. Um, I want to talk about <laughs> um a few days ago, I was out with my friend, and I was at this spot, right? This nice, intimate spot here in Houston, and I came across a familiar nigga. <laughs> Let me say it again. I came across a familiar nigga. Okay. And who is this familiar nigga, you ask? Uh, the Houston nigga. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen this dude. And, and when I say Houston nigga, y'all know who I'm talking about. The nigga who got, like, so mad when I walked into his house. <laughs> it was announced. He knew I was coming over, so please cut the shit. <laughs> but, you know, that, that nigga. So, I saw him after months of the last time I seen him. The last time we saw each other was right before I broke it off. So, I want to say it's been like, I don't know, six, seven months around that time. But it's been a months, Okay. And I'm like, oh, shit. As soon as he walked towards the direction that I was standing in, I was like, oh, there he go. There goes that nigga. But in that moment, I just felt excited. Honestly, I felt excited seeing him because, okay, I'm good. Like, I let you go. And I'm good. And I haven't been thinking about you, like, really. Yeah, he'll come up in my mind here and there. But... There really wasn't an attachment that I had to him that made it hard for me to let him go, right? In the moment when I ended things with him, I felt like, oh, man, it's unfortunate. You know, I was hoping this could have gone further. You know, I hope I was hoping this could have been lasting. But then I thought about it. This was not the relationship I, I really wanted. First of all, I really don't want to be with a baby father. I really don't. I really don't want to be your second best. I'm sorry. I don't want to compete with your child. I don't want your kid to come first. I want to be first. <laughs> no. Find a babysitter. And he couldn't find any of that. And it got really annoying. It interfered with us. And that was among, that was pretty much the last point of the reasons why it, it wouldn't work out, but it didn't work out between us. Um, the, the early, like the, the stronger points is really because he was chauvinistic. He felt like he was a little controlling. He showed his controlling ways. And I just did not have the energy for that. As strongly opinionated and flamboyant and outgoing as I am and can be. And sometimes I could be introverted. Um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm this. You know, I am who I am, and he would silence that, or he'll be just not really attracted to that or not open to that, and I felt like I needed to change who I am, and it was 
on a physical level too. When he said those comments about my hair and how my nails should look, how my, you know, my my skin should it was just like it was just too much. Anyway, I say all that to say it was it was not a big deal for me when I saw him. I wasn't like, oh gosh, let me act like I don't see him and he'll run into me and we'll say a quick hello. No, it wasn't like that at all. As soon as I saw him, I was the one who was like, hey! <laughs> I was the one who tapped him and like, hello! <laughs> hello, sir! <laughs> How are you? Like, And so we kikied. We literally kikied. And he said something about, oh, you should, you know, you should hit me up. I'm like, oh, you know, I actually don't have your number anymore. Who's like, oh, okay, I don't have yours either. I'm like, okay, so why the fuck would you say that? <laughs> but okay, so he's like, give me your phone. So he put, so I'm like, you know what, let me give go ahead. Because I'm already in the mindset of, I'm not fucking you, and I'm not going to, like, there was really no, no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not interested. Like, not with you, you know? Like, I'm not against casual sex, but I'm not interested in opening that door again with you. And I'm not interested in going back and forth with someone who I already closed doors with, right? I'm really trying to practice that more into my life. And I've been doing well with Boston Bay. We haven't spoken since and that's fine. And I see it as, look, I really don't want to continue going back and forth with people who I know I don't see anything with and who I've already closed the door to, you know? Like, if anything, do that casual shit with someone new, <laughs> not someone who, yeah, this ain't this ain't working, you know? So, I still gave him my phone. He's like, give me your phone. So, he, he took my phone, he put his number in, and he's like, use it. Like, use my number. I want you to use it. I'm like, okay, cool. It was nice seeing you. Like, you know, keep it in light. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be all... Oh, hi, you know, with the attitude, still mad, still, you know, holding grudges. It's really not that deep. Like, nigga, bye. Um, so that was the energy I wanted to show. It wasn't like I came into it like, I want to show him I'm not mad. It was just, that was just truly how I felt. Like, okay, it was just nice seeing you. Still handsome man, still attractive. But no, the answer is still no. So anyway... He was telling me how he was not going to still be at that spot anymore. He's going somewhere else. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm actually going to go home right now. He's like, okay, well, should I call you when I leave? Yeah, you know what that means. Y'all know what that means. Should I call? No, nigga, don't. For what? What you need to call me for at 1230 in the morning? What? Nothing. Please, sit down. So he literally asked me that. So I'm like, no, period. But you could call me tomorrow if you'd like. You know, like, and I'm not, my whole, like I said, my, my whole intention is to be very light. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not sh trying to showcase any attitude, but I'm also not trying to make you feel like there's a door open for you. Because the door is tightly closed. Like, I can't even get out the door. That's how closed this door is. I'm trapped, nigga. No. 
<laughs> you can't get in. I can't get out. There's no way for us to get in. Okay, period. So he said that and I, <laughs> I quickly said no, but I said it in the same text. I said no, period, but you could call me tomorrow if you'd like. Like we could talk in the daytime when you're sober, right? When when you're not in your feels, <laughs> when you're not, you know, you know how people are when it's late at night, drinks in our system, haven't seen you in months, you still look good, I still look good. What's good? <laughs> Nothing. No, you can call me in the morning at 8 a.m. when you're sober, sober, okay? When you're fully awake. Call me then, nigga. Call me then. Okay, because the answer is no. We're not doing it at 12.30 in the morning, not at 1 a.m. when you leave your second spot. No, don't call me, <laughs> please, okay? So I said that. He's, his response is, okay, um, are you free tomorrow? I'm like, yes, I'm free tomorrow. I have tomorrow off. So, okay, maybe we could do lunch. No, he said, he said breakfast. Maybe we could do breakfast tomorrow. I'm like, sure, that sounds good. He said, okay. Okay, mind you, there's no clear plans. There's no direct plans. There's no, let's do breakfast tomorrow at 10 a.m. at this spot. I can meet you there or I'll pick you up, whichever you like. There's no clarity. It's just this passive ass date. Nigga, what the fuck does breakfast tomorrow mean? What time? Where are we going? How are we getting there? Are you picking me up? Are we, are, am I riding alone in my car? Like, that's fine, but let me know. Like, don't, like, the thing is, I think he wanted to, in that moment, and let's just say, let me just kind of end the story here. Breakfast never happened. <laughs> let's, let's just make that very clear. Breakfast never happened, because obviously he was not clear in his plan with me in that moment, right? Breakfast never happened. I never texted him the following day. He never texted me the following day to, you know, follow up. None of that. Conversation dead, done. And I've since deleted his number yet again, okay? So that's done, fine. But my thing is, I think in that moment, excuse me, he wanted to kind of get, get 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 his dick hard like okay let me see if I could get a yes from her right she already told me no to the whole should I call you when I leave question so let me see if I could get a yes from her by suggesting something like breakfast okay and that's what I feel like he got his dick hard for <laughs> like oh she agreed to breakfast Maybe there's a way in now. Maybe she, maybe I still got it. Maybe, maybe there's this openness, right? So I feel like, it, I don't know. Obviously, there is no openness. And my intent was to go out. Literally, it was to just make it light. Let him see that, you know, we could be cool. We could be cordial. Like, it's really no big deal. I have no hard feelings for him, no feelings for him, period, and it's fine. But it was just so funny to me, like, you know how sometimes we, people just get in their emotions when it's late, and when you're fully sober and you're really not interested in that person anymore, 
you really kind of set them straight. And when you say no, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not interested. You know? So... I'm going to take that energy with me continuously. <laughs> that felt good to say no to his question when he asked, should I call when I leave? Because I could very well assure you that he would have been sober enough to remember to come over and fuck. Like, he would have been, okay, I, I'm leaving, my, I'm leaving the, 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 the spot now. Yep, I'm on the freeway. I'm five minutes away. You up? Okay, I'm right outside. I'm knocking on the door. Like, nigga would have been alert, okay? Very well alert and aware of what is going on, okay? So him suddenly not texting me the following day was all, it was It was never really going to happen. It was just all an ego for him to feel like, okay, maybe I could get a yes from this question because I didn't get a yes from the previous question. Either or, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that I didn't fall for the okie doke. I'm proud that I didn't allow the feelings of, really the fake feelings of seeing someone after months of not seeing the person. And, you know, there's a high to that. There's an exhilarating feeling of that that you feel when you don't see someone for a long time who you used to sleep with. And so it felt good to not be controlled by that, by that fake feel, you know? It's really not a real feeling. And I'm glad that I didn't let that misjudge me. I'm glad that I didn't let that dictate my feelings didn't dictate my actions and I still stood strong to my boundaries like no this is a boundary you're not gonna enter this space when I've closed the door to you already doesn't mean it's hard feeling doesn't mean I don't want doesn't doesn't mean I'm trying to be you know a bitch I don't want you in my space I don't want you between my legs anymore it's done so yes yay to me for doing that I'm the shit um, so that was good. Now, you know, I think about, you know, what's to come in my love life. And as much as I understand the argument of, you know, wait, wait it out a little bit when you're dating someone. And by wait it out, I mean, wait until, you know, at, at least... After a certain amount of time, maybe after the time both people um, make it exclusive before you have sex, um, because there's just, there's a clarity, there's an establishment that's already set, and that's cool and all, so I understand that, but <laughs> I really just enjoy having <laughs> really enjoy intimacy. I enjoy the the thrill of hooking up with somebody, having sex with somebody and you know just just the moment that that it is. But then I have to remind myself that literally all of if not all, but most, most of the men I've had sex with here in Houston have been weekend niggas. And I was talking about this before where they would literally just be here for the weekend. <laughs> like, why is everyone I meet 
from Chicago, from Florida, and they're just here for the weekend celebrating their boy's birthday. Like, the fuck? And y'all just always happen to be attracted to me, and I just always happen to be attracted to you too. For some, like, it's just this instant connection. And I think it's the energy that I'm giving off. I'm giving off an energy that is showing I don't want commitment. I don't want attachment. I want this fun. I want this adrenaline. And yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so it is definitely in alignment. But I don't anymore, right? So I'm in the space where I'm in the middle. Like I do enjoy that exhilarating feel, that exhilarating moment right, of a hookup, of a, of a no strings attached, of a, ooh, I, we just kind of, this rendezvous just kind of happened, that's so exciting, I really enjoy that, but then I don't enjoy the moment that it is, because it feels so good, right, it feels so good, you feel so right to me, we're matching each other's auras, and yet, you don't live here, and yet, there's no way for this to work, for this to work. There's no way for this to even be an idea of working. Like this is done, right? Like the la- like you walking out that door is you walking out of my life. <laughs> as dramatic as that is, but that's truly is the case. And so I don't like that feeling. I don't like that feeling of, oh, almost got it. Oh my God, okay, there goes that rug being pulled up under me yet again. And I'm tired of perpetuating that cycle. <laughs> and maybe it's me. Um, maybe it's me. Uh, what is it? Like continuing the hurt that I experienced with uh, the, one of the niggas who I talked about before, who I wrote a goodbye letter to, who just, we were just a, a perfect match until he just pulled the rug from up underneath me and changed his mind about me. And maybe this is me just repeating that pain. I'm being a masochist and I need to stop. So I don't wanna say I'm reclosing my legs and you know, for the summer I wasn't having sex, I was doing that purposely and I was just kinda staying away from these niggas and leaving my legs closed until I've created boundaries. And I've really grown from that moment. I really took that intentionally and I said to myself, look, I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to set boundaries. This is my goal throughout this fast. I'm going to set boundaries and be, uh, be just be confident more, be be open with my feelings and to speak up for myself, okay? And I really did that. And I really have been doing that since. So that has really helped me. And I'm glad I went through that fast. That fast has since been over for sure. Um, so for 2020, what I would want is intentional when it comes to my love life and something that is lasting, something that is long-lasting for me rather than these short thrill of a moment, you know? As fun as they are, I've had so many of them, and it is fun, but it's not fulfilling. That's what it is. It's not fulfilling. And I've 
you know, right now in my career, I'm not fulfilled. And I haven't been fulfilled in my love life for a long time. So I'm just, I'm in a space where I want to be fulfilled. That is my word for 2020. Fulfilled. Okay? So that is my intention to to walk into, to be deliberate with in every aspect of my life, in my career, in my love life, in my relationships, in my friendships. I want to be fulfilled. How can this be a, a fulfilling experience? How can this be a fulfilling relationship? Okay? So that is all. I'm so glad I did this episode. I thought initially, like when I ended the last episode, I thought that was going to be it for 2019. Uh, but no, I was like, look, I could go ahead and make another episode. Why not? So I'm happy I did. Um, I'm glad, you know, so many things took place days prior and I'm so excited for what is to come. And I encourage you all to look inward and see what can you be excited for what's to come? How can I kind of set myself up for success? What are some concrete goals? What are some smart goals that you can set up for yourself to be successful and cultivate the life that you want in every aspect? Right, and maybe you want to just focus on your career, maybe you just want to focus on your love life, maybe you just want to focus on your family, whatever that looks like for you. What can you do every day that is concrete, that is measurable, that is just attainable? What can you do to make your life fulfilling? Okay, that's the word 2020 fulfilled, bitch. Be fulfilled. <laughs> all right, and I just want to encourage you all to please leave a review for this podcast, to like, to rate, to subscribe. God Built This Podcast is now available on Spotify. So Spotify, so if Spotify is your, you know, your streaming choice, your streaming tool of choice, then you could catch me here. Catch me there. You could catch me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And I'm going to look into if the other streaming services are worth it. But I feel like Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify are the, are the um, top three. So that may just be it, but we'll see. And I'm just excited for what's to come. Happy New Year. Um, if you are listening to this on time, like I said, this is happy. This is New Year's Eve. So happy New Year in advance. All right. I am out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.